five kinds of dolls. One. My mother filled the drawer with dolls and we all fought over the blonde. Her part divided her skull like a seam on jeans and her hair wrapped around her cheeks like curtains, like her face was light coming in. She had lips set into a permanent kiss, off red, never cherry, as if her lips were blushing. When she was mine, I named her Zoe, or Anya, or Victoria. When she was mine, I chose the miniature pink VW bug with psychedelic peace signs on the side. My cousins and I employed an elaborate lottery for girls and clothes and parts and boy, considering that we were nine. We laid out our goods, the sequin purple purse, the shopping center with fishbone-sized hangers, the pop-open RV with a stove, and a sunny-side-up egg on the stove. We ate kiwi slices and sat on Disney princess towels that did little to prevent our soggy bathing suits from staining the wood floor. My summer was a lake summer, a Connecticut summer. My childhood was inside that room. Two. Second to the blonde girl was the cool girl. She was brunette, played well with others, had a soccer uniform, had a permanent ponytail wrapped in blue. She was as witty as we all envisioned ourselves to be. I practiced my comebacks in the mirror, but they were never as triumphant on delivery. Beauty fades, ugly lives forever. Maybe I was never athletic enough. I joined softball and spent entire games emptying my pockets of sunflower seeds. I walked almost every at bat because my strike zone was as small as a loaf of rye bread. I joined basketball. All I can remember is the smell of the church gym, salted rubber, and the referee who made me take out my new earrings, emeralds. My cousin was never an athlete either. We spent whole days pulling rocks from the lake and painting them, selling them for quarters. What did we ever do with those quarters? I just like the cool feel of metal in my hand. So perhaps it's obvious why we like the cool girl. Or maybe we knew how things worked before we knew we did. We spoke like this. I want the pretty one. You got him last time. You always get the biggest house. Three, the grown-ups seemed to constantly play games. When we left the room to get a snack or beg for pizza, we'd find them perched on the bar stools with beers and Bloody Marys and sometimes cigarettes, but only late at night or during a conversation so tense, my uncle had to punctuate the start of every sentence with, you know, sis. There were darts and scrabble. My mother created her own game, lay down cards, name each suit after a boy. She could predict. Would he make you happy? Would he make you rich? Angry? Pregnant? My father pretended not to like this game, declaring that we were too young to think about love, but I felt him over our shoulders, trying to discern who we'd selected for this voodoo. Our chocolate lab was always with him, underfoot like an oil spill, wet from the water and just as stinky. His name was Chip, like the cookie. He weighed more than I did. I lay on him many nights when I was starving myself. His fur was soft. I wondered if he even felt my weight. He breathed underneath me, up and down, and I told my heart, follow the leader. But this is beside the point of how he butchered our orange-haired doll. He ate one leg. Her hands looked like flippers. 
Her palms had been so delicate, the division's light as paper cuts. We left her in the drawer until one of us required her to enact some tragedy, after which she went back in the drawer, and another girl cried into the boy's arms and tried on a new outfit. Four. We only had one boy doll. His name corresponded to my current crush. He lived as Michael, Peter, Evan, Jeffrey. Every doll wanted him. He wanted every doll. As bad as we were at cussing each other out, we were exceptional flowing compliments from his tight, smiling mouth. You're a goddess. You're a hottie. We giggled as if he was saying this to us. One afternoon, my cousin lost the lottery, and she was left boyless, so she tried something else. The smooth skin clicked against the smooth skin in what was supposed to be a kiss. You can't do that, I said. I began feeling hot. What if my mother were to walk in? What if my mother were to walk in with a glass of wine? What if my father were to shout, unnatural? I couldn't have known then. At 16, I stared at other girls' legs and arms and waists. I thought it was jealousy. In my mind, I snapped off my limbs and replaced them with others. I imagined the endless combinations that would make me more beautiful. It was a kind of wanting. It took me years to relearn what kind. Five. When I turn 15, we sell the lake house. There are too many obstacles. The septic tank fails. The calico escapes from the garage. We begin finding snakes along the waterfront, aligning themselves with the wood of the dock. My sister puts on a life vest that implodes with spiders. The egg sac touches her skin. We make the most of it, the ending. I take out a boat and float in the middle of the water as the sun comes up, my limbs thin as kindling, hoping to catch fire. I take out a boat and paddle around the entire lake and note how many calories I burn. My mother sticks her toes in our sand and cries. We are all a bit overtaken, just enough to know that the water has made us more animal. My sister and I take our dolls to the sand. We smother mud on our hands, then their torsos. We plant them like weeds. I can still picture the heads poking upwards, sprouts of brown and yellow.